my name is Kim Chil, and I get letters about the untold. As you are now hearing my voice once again, it means, yes, I have gotten another letter, and it was stranger than the last one. After recording and publishing the first episode, I kinda just put it away from me for a couple of days. When I say kinda, I mean I tried my best. Though my mind always came back to, what if this is all a prank from my friends, and I wouldn't put it past them. I know at least two of them would do this, just for shits and giggles. So I slowly tried to ask some of them. They had listened to the last episode and told me, that was interesting Kim, cool concept and idea for a podcast. Trying then to explain to my friends that it wasn't an idea, this is happening to me. I got the letter and I can't afford the equipment sent to me. They brushed it away and told me I was doing great to keep kayfabe alive. If you wonder what kayfabe is, it's a wrestling term. Auction Dictionary says, the fact or convention of presenting stage performance as genuine or authentic. I wish I was that good an actor. Only acting I've dabbled in is through Dungeons and Dragons and live action roleplay. Anyway, sorry for babbling. Like I said last time, my brain is run by ADHD cats. But the strange things that had happened to me last time, the flickering lights, street lamps turning off and then on again when I walked under them, just stopped. So I took it as what it probably was, a coincidence. At least I was normal. As normal a person with mental illness like depression, anxiety and personality disorder can be. For three days. And then, as I was walking towards the gym from my apartment, it was still dark outside. We don't get that much light in the wintertime here in Norway. Under one of the street lamps, lying on the ground, illuminated by the lamp, was a letter. I stopped. It couldn't be. No. Impossible. I know I'm a creature of habit. It helped me towards my daily struggles. But the only reason I decided to walk at this time today was because I couldn't get back to sleep when my partner went to work. It was 5.10 in the morning. Looking around, I saw nothing. The lights from the street made sure it was almost impossible to spot anyone outside illuminated walls made of light. So if anyone was hiding in that dark, I wouldn't spot it. Slowly, I started to take steps towards the letter. My heart was beating fast. Not only did I feel it, but my fitness clock was beeping and blinking, saying, You're in cardio! Great work! Getting closer, I could finally see what was written on it. My own name. Hello? Brendan? My voice rang out before I cursed a little bit. This was like a horror movie, and I was the stupid white person that was going to get killed because I had to speak out loud. I did a squat picking up the letter. I was not going to bend over and get a knife in my behind because I took my eyes off the surroundings. Hurriedly, I walked towards the gym for about five seconds before all the street lights started to flicker at the same damn time. Warning! High pulse! You should calm down! My clock beeped and between the flickers I saw something that made my blood freeze. Dozen pairs of white milky eyes staring at me. My scream could rival Brunhilde from the opera as I ran like a madman. It is strange that at the time I didn't think about calling anyone. I just ran. 
I always made fun of people in TV series or movies that didn't use their phone. But now I understand. Your primitive part of your brain wants just one thing. Run. The lights came back to normal. I think. Everything was a bit hazy and I had a new record getting to the gym on foot. 20 minutes and 2 seconds. Excellent workout! Never in my life have I wanted to crush a watch as much as then. It took about an hour before I had calmed myself enough to even consider lifting weights. And about two hours before I was back home again. I was not going to go outside until it was light. And as I got home, I locked the door, made sure I was in daylight before opening the letter and started to read. Dear Kim Chill, Your voice is nothing like I thought it would be. I mean, I was expecting at least a bit heavier Scandinavian accent. Though I'm happy you accepted to do this, I was about to send three new letters to people before my computer dinged and said it had found your podcast. Luckily, I made them search not just YouTube, but other places. And a podcast? That's actually smarter. Podcasts are on different sites and places. When I heard you say things have been happening to you, it made me worry. I'm going to do my best to see if there's any help I can do in that regard. Remember the inscription on the metal box? You should do the same. At least on your windows and doors. It doesn't have to be in big letters, just maybe on the corners. It should hold off some of their mojo. I would also try to maybe make a necklace or an armband with them too. Just to be sure. Anyway, a lot has been happening to me since my last letter. Right now, I'm back in New York, though that's getting ahead of myself. As you ended up doing this, again, so grateful for that, I will continue where we left off last time. I had just finished talking to the FBI, if we're going to call them that, and decided right then and there, Greece was going to be my new workplace. I have been to Greece before, working on a dig site there about a year ago. It wasn't that hard for me to fix a temporary visa to visit and see how it was going through my contacts. Just going to cost me more as I cancelled my flight to Canada and booked a flight the next day to Greece. I was going to have to stay a day in a hotel room by the airport and... I was still a bit uneasy about Steve and Patrice. How uneasy, I hear you ask yourself as you read this? Let's just say that my stay at the hotel and plane ride to Greece was made with little to almost no sleep and a hell of a lot of energy drinks. We finally landed in Athens airport in the evening, being awake for almost 36 hours and now jet lag to boot was going to complicate things. Though I got myself to the hotel I had booked and looked up again the coordinates that had flashed on the now destroyed piece of metal I once called my trusty laptop Grog. Because it must have been wrong the 89 times I had looked it up. A horror escape room, it said. I was going to a horror-themed escape room in Athens. This is why I thought it was all a joke. No way the proof of existing cult could be found there. I finally got myself to sleep and, for the first time in a long while, a good, good night's sleep. No dreams, no nothing. Just go to bed, close my eyes, and boom, morning. I love those sleeps. The escape room wouldn't open until later that evening, so I decided to check out the area a little. Get myself a nice breakfast somewhere and maybe walk around the neighborhood. The first thing that catched my eye was there was a cemetery next to where I was going later. Great, more dead guys. I feel like the archaeologists and cemetery guards should be mortal enemies. 
one guards them so no one touches their graves, and makes sure it's all nice and tidy. The other digs them up and studies their remains to make sure history is written right. Though walking the cemetery did give me some kind of peace, it's like a barrier is around them. As soon as you step inside one, the outer world gets a little bit more quiet. A calmness, sound of traffic, people and everyday life just blends away. I needed that. I needed that a lot. It made me question everything that had happened to me the past weeks. I couldn't deny the meetings with Steve and Patrice, that was odd. But now, sitting on a bench at a cemetery in Athens, a beautiful sunlit day, I had to ask myself one question. Was all I had experienced only in my head? A placebo effect because I wanted an adventure. The mind can trick you into seeing things that aren't there, because truth be told, there was no proof of cultists yet. There was just one puzzle, going to a lockbox, with a clue. And now I have traveled across the ocean just to go into a horror-themed escape room establishment. I bet they even had a cultist room. Laughter filled the cemetery, which I bet it doesn't get too often. This was stupid. Deciding, right then and there, I was gonna go and book a flight back to the States in two days. I was gonna go and check out the horror escape room tonight, and then I was gonna hit the clubs for a couple of days before going to my real dig site in Moose Country. It's a nice day to sit and relax, isn't it? A voice, a very broken English, though rich and deep, spoke to my right. It startled me a little. I had been so occupied in my mind, I didn't notice someone sitting down on the bench next to me. It was an older man, white long hair in a high ponytail, a rich goatee that had a swirling moustache. His skin was that of a sun-kissed olive color, brown light eyes almost on the spectrum of dark yellow. The old gentleman was well built and in a white suit. If my mom had been here, she would have swooned and said, Hoo-hoo, the silver fox is after the hen tonight. My breakfast tried to make an escape, thinking about that scenario. Yeah, I guess it is. A smile crept up his face. You could see the deep wrinkles as the smile got wider. This man had been smiling a lot in his lifetime. I have not seen you around before. And your English is very good. Are you visiting? Yeah, just for a spell, going back home in a couple of days. His left eyebrow raised a little. You're going to cast a spell and then head back home? <laughs> that made me chuckle. No, 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 sorry. It's a way of saying it, it means for a little while. Ah, uh, yes, I understand. I am sorry as well. I can't keep up with all the slang that goes around the world. I am getting old. He turned his head back so he could watch the graves in front of us. Older. The many that lay here. You don't look a day over thirty, I said, trying to cheer him up. At that he laughed, and it seems like for a second the whole world shone a little bit brighter. As if his being just now illuminated every bad thought away from mine and everyone's heart. Ah, I thank you, young one. It has been some time since I have laughed like that. 
It is nice of you to sit there and talk to me. Most people don't. And he seemed older suddenly, as if dark clouds appeared over his brow and eyes sinking in just a bit. Loneliness can be a burden more than most people understand when it comes to the elderly. They slow down, but the world speeds forever up. I had some time to slow down with him, so we ended up talking for about good two hours. Me explaining my work to him, all about the dig sites I've been to, even here in Greece. He loved hearing that. It was nice. He didn't talk too much about himself, but it seems like he loved listening to my stories. But there was something gnawing in my subconscious the whole time. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. As we finished up, he patted my leg. I must go. The sun has passed the highest point. It is soon dinner time, and I have a while to walk yet. He stood up and I did the same. But I thank you, um... Croft. Brendan Croft, I said, putting my hand out. He took it in a very firm handshake. The skin was rough, a true working man's hand. Brendan, if I can call you that. Of course, I said, smiling brightly to him. Well then, Brendan, as a thank you for keeping me company, let me give you a life advice. He released my arm and patted my shoulder, smiling gently. The path you walk on now will end up in more tragedy than you understand. Stay asleep, Brendan. This is not a world you wish to wake in. He spoke suddenly in perfect English, and the smile vanished. And for a moment, it felt like the whole world was in vertigo. The sun dimmed, and the wind picked up out of nowhere. Uh, 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 excuse me? Sweat dripping down my forehead. I said, you should live a little, my friend. He spoke back in broken English. The smile was back, the feeling of vertigo was gone, and I almost stumbled. He looked at me with those kind eyes again like nothing had happened. Are you okay, Brendan? His gaze shifted to a worried one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I stood up too fast, I think. He patted my shoulder. It happens to the best of us. I must admit, it won't get better with age. I nodded. Had that just happened? Again. Thank you, Brendan. It has been a good chat. As he turned around and started walking. Wait, what's your name? I suddenly asked. You can call me Helios. As the name rang out in the cemetery, the sun hit the cross on the grave just right and the light reflected in my eyes. I blinked and he was gone. I looked around frantically, wondering how he could have disappeared. Helios? I said out loud. Sir, are you okay? A man in his thirty-ish came towards me. It was the groundkeeper of the cemetery. He had been tending to the graves while the chat with Helios had happened. Yeah, um, sorry. Did you see where the old man I sat with went? 
I spoke back in Greek. It was one of the languages I had to study and learn when becoming an archaeologist. It was Greek and Arabic I decided to learn when I was in school. I was also trying to learn Mandarin. I had started about a year ago, but it was going very, very slow. You need a bit of a language when going to different dig sites. At least, it didn't hurt. Uh, well, sir, uh, the groundskeeper looked at me with even more concern. You did not speak to anyone. I blinked. What? And suddenly it dawned on me what had been gnawing at my subconscious. People who had walked past us, the groundskeeper too, had been looking at me with that look you tend to give to the homeless and poor who sat and talked to themselves as they were filled with drugs. Disdain and sympathy at the same time of someone who had lost their minds. Are you sure there wasn't a man, elderly, white hair, goatee, moustache, looking like a cooler version of Colonel Sanders? Who? I waved my hand. Forget the last bit. Did they have KFC in Greece? I had to check that out later. Uh, no, sir. There was no one sitting there. You were talking to yourself. I was going crazy. What was happening to me? I turned around and started to walk. Uh, sir? Sir, are you okay? Shall I call someone? I went into the sprint. No, 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 no. I had talked to someone. I felt the touch of his hand when we shook. No, 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 no. I stopped in an alley and tried to catch my breath, almost throwing up the remains of my breakfast. The word no kept repeating as I crouched down next to a garbage container. What should I do? Go home? Take myself into a mental hospital? That might have been the right thing to do. Hell, the smart thing. Did those who were insane understand that they were? Wait. What if this is all just a play? The groundskeeper and this man, Helios, is in on it. I had read about things happening to people on the dark web. Was this all stage for some people's amusement? Some rich guys finding an easy mark and making them slowly go insane? It had to be. This was all staged and I was the fool. I stood back up and I took a deep breath. The fresh air filled with the smell of rotten food calmed me a little more. It was the only logical reason, like Spock would have said. What would Lara Croft and Rick O'Connell do? They will find out the mystery and not let them win. And that meant one thing. No matter what came my way, I would not be swayed to thinking I was going insane. I was going to win at their game. Clenching my fists, I nodded to myself. I had three hours to get some dinner before the escape room would open. And I wanted some damn chicken. I need to finish up this letter, Kim. I'm sorry. I fear that they're getting closer to where I currently am. And I have stayed here far too long already. But listen, do what I told you to do. Use the protection. It is very important you write how it should be written in the different languages. And especially the symbol of Ra. Do not use Horus, okay? It comforts me that you're doing this. Makes me feel like I'm not completely alone in all this. And I can't wait to hear your voice again. Look after my next letter. Though if you don't get any, just stop doing the podcast and assume the worst. 
Until next time, best regards, Brendan Croft. That's the end of the letter. I've done what he said. My windows and door are now inscribed with the protection, and I have not just made a necklace or jewelry. Mostly because it costs to make a custom necklace, and I'm not a person of wealth. Being jobless, though, if this continues too much more, I will wish it as a gift from my partner. What I did do, though, was take a pen and just scribble it on a note I kept in my jacket going out. And it seems like it has been working. I am a bit afraid that Brendan is right, that this is some rich people's game and now I'm trapped in it too. Collateral damage type of trapped. I really hope it's not like a squid game. And Brendan, now that I know you're listening in, I hope you figure this out. And how did you get the last letter to me? That was way too creepy. Just next time, put it in my mailbox, okay? If any of you who are listening in are of any of those bastards doing this to me and Brendan, it is not a fun prank. Stop it. I got enough with my own mental problems, but I will continue to do this if Brendan keeps sending letters. In the meantime, take care everyone, and I will leave you all with this. Are we all in a huge game made by the rich? This has been the second episode of Letters About the Untold. Written and read by Kim Chil Yoshta. Music by Nikolai Hagen. The places and people you hear on this podcast might be real, but the description or personality of the places and people might have been altered. This is fiction. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, and I do hope you enjoy it, and hope you will listen to the next episode. If you do, press that subscribe button and follow the podcast on social media. And if you can, it would be nice if you could leave a review. Until next time, beware of the flickering lights.